look good tonight. Welcome to Parkway Life Church. Y'all may go ahead and find your seat. Man, what a crowd on a Wednesday night. Y'all look incredible. Give yourself a big round of applause while you're making yourself way back to your seat. Thank you. Yeah, thank you very much. Well, it is good to be at Parkway Life Church, and I'll, I'll say this. Man, what a series that we've been in, and, and what a needed series in this time that we live in, right? Right, summer soul care. I mean, it's time that we just really look inside of our life, inside of our soul, and just see and, and see if there be anything inside us that needs to be fixed, needs to be repaired. Because, and just like that, that song says, to have this sound mind for the spirit of fear, to have clearness. To ha in these times that we live in, we need to be clear and focused on the right things. Amen. Amen. Well, I want to talk to you tonight and on this last Wednesday of this Summer Soul Care Series. Next Wednesday, our students will be taken back over in this room. Y'all excited about that? Are y'all going to get everybody you know back in here next Wednesday night? Uh, I know you are. And uh, you st we start life groups. Anybody excited about life groups? Yeah. Anybody not signed up for life groups? Now, no, don't raise your hand. If you're not signed up for life groups, this is the time to sign up for them. Next Wednesday, we adults will not be in here. We will be all over the place, uh, all over this area doing life groups, doing freedom groups, doing all kind of incredible groups. And uh, let's give a big round of applause for our life group leaders. Man, we'll also, I think we're like 34... Life groups, that, that's awesome, that's awesome. Well, if you're wondering uh, about what this is about, well, I, if you don't know, I had hip surgery, replacement surgery here a few weeks ago, but not even hip surgery is going to keep me away from what God's placed on my heart for, for you tonight. And, and I, I really want to speak to you on, on this thought called, My Soul is on Fire. Two of y'all, okay, that's good. That's why we're talking about it. In, in fact, my, my inner Alicia Keys came out uh, this week. My soul is on fire. All right. I'm glad y'all like my singing because Scott does not. But, uh, but anyways, but I really want to talk to you uh, about my soul is on fire because, I, there, in fact, if I'm not talking to anybody here today, uh, this message has just stirred my heart and my life because this has really been speaking to me. And, and Because I, I want to ask you a question, and don't answer this question because there will be all kind of answers, but is, is your soul really on fire? Is your soul really on fire? And, and I was studying... Uh, about this soul, and I, I just want to say, man, I love this this summer soul care series. But I, I was studying uh, throughout this summer soul care uh, series, and just really on the on on during the weeks and stuff. I had a, I've had a lot of time to study, uh, uh, but I, I've been studying a little bit about the soul, and, and God really laid this question on my heart during this series because this is not really a series that we can look at others. You know, this is one of those series where we really got to look in our own life and say, hey, Brandon, how's your soul? How, how's your soul? And, and, and I, I hope that you have asked that question to yourself this summer. How's my soul doing? And if you haven't, you have tonight and this weekend to ask yourself that, or you can ask it after the series is over. But really, this series has been really about looking into our, our soul and, 
And, and my answer was, well, I, re- I really think it's okay. I think, right, God? Like, is my soul on fire? And th- then I started reading some scriptures, and I read in Romans chapter 12, and, and this, this chapter is entitled, uh, A Living Sacrifice to God. Thank God it says a living sacrifice, okay? Thank God for the New Testament, right? I'm so glad we live in the New Testament days. Romans 12, 1 says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Okay, that's a lot right there in that scripture. And and then he says this, he says, Let them be a living and holy sacrifice. Now, I don't know if you really look into that word sacrifice, but if you look at sacrifices in the Old Testament, there was a lot to a sacrifice. I mean, it, it was about, there, there was some commitment, there was some, there, there was a lot to a sacrifice. I mean, they had to go get these animals, they had to raise these animals, feed them, take care of them, make sure they're spotless, make sure everything's taken care of. There had to be a fire on the altar, they had to bring it at the right time, they had to bring their grain, different, all different kind of sacrifices. But now in the New Testament, they're, they're saying here, it says, let them be a living and holy sacrifice. And I was reading uh, throughout Romans 12, and, and then it says this, and I'm going to go down to verse 11, and this really, really, really stuck out to me, and I hope it sticks out to you. It says this, it says never, say that word with me, say never. It says never let the fire go out. You may be dismissed, let's go home. But it says this, it says, never let the fire go out. Keep it alive and serve the Lord. Never let the fire go out. So, so I, I was like, well, I want to see what was said in the Old Testament during the sacrifices. And I, I went back to Leviticus. I don't go back to Leviticus too much, you know, especially when I've got a lot of time on my hands because I really get like, whoa, there's some crazy things in Leviticus, but I wanted to see what these sacrifices were all about, and I, I went to Leviticus chapter 6 and verse 9, and it says to give Aaron and his sons this command, talking about the, the burnt offering, the sacrifice that they would give unto God, and there would be an altar, there would be a fire, and the priest would do all this, and they would bring the sacrifices in, and there had to be a fire, and this fire would consume the sacrifice, and they would see the smoke, and I mean, there's all kind of things to this, but, but this is what he said, he said to this, this command, these are the regulations for the burnt offering. The burnt offering is to remain on the altar hearth throughout the night until morning, and the fire must be kept burning on the altar. And then if you keep going into Leviticus 6 and 12, it says that the fire on the altar must keep burning. It must not go out. Every morning, the priest is to add firewood and arrange the burnt offering on the fire and burn the fat of the fellowship offerings on it. And then it just says it one more time, just in case you didn't get it, on the first three times, or the first two times, he says it one more time. He says the fire must be kept burning on the altar continuously. It must not go out. In the Old Testament, there's going to be a fire in the altar, and it must not go out on the sacrifice. In the New Testament, 
in Romans, they say there is a fire in your soul, that you are a living sacrifice, and there is a fire set up in your bones, Ezekiel says. There is a fire inside of your soul, and it must not go out. There is some key points to this three times in the Old Testament. He says, hey, don't let the fire go out. New Testament, Romans, says it time after time after time that the fire must not go out. In fact, it continues in Romans 12 and 11. It says to never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. The message version, which I love so much, says it this way. It says, just don't burn out. Don't burn out. Keep yourself fueled and aflame. Keep yourself fueled in a flame. Don't let the fire go out. And, and I, I want us tonight to really examine our souls and, and see if, if in our soul, is there really a fire, a, a passion for God consuming our life? Is there a fire? Is there a, a passion consuming our life? If we're to be a living sacrifice, then we should keep this fire burning in our, in our life. Not, not a real fire. I'm a fireman. If you're on fire tonight, I will put you out, okay? <laughs> but I don't want your spiritual fire to go out. I don't want your soul fire to go out. And it's very important for us to examine it. it it's, it's obvious. It's obvious to me that God is starting some fires at Parkway Life Church. In some souls of people, I mean, man, we are in revival. We, there's some incredible things happening through this summer. I mean, we've been hitting 850, almost 900 people on a Sunday during the summer. I, I mean, we're looking at hitting 1,000 people almost every week this next year. I mean, that's going to be happening. That's revival happening. There's a fire burning at Parkway. There's a soul fire burning here in this place. You don't see it, but you can feel it. There's a fire in my soul. There's a fire in your soul, I hope. And there is a fire that is it's just, it's just, just spreading in this community. Last week at Collide, I saw the fire. I mean, it was almost like you could literally see the fire in the building as you guys were in service for four hours worshiping God and praying to God and letting this fire consume your life and your soul. And you, you come back and you're all lit up from Collide because you know what Collide's all about. It's, about. it's about colliding with God to change your life for the better. And that's what it's about. And, and you come back with this fire, and you're going to be entering school with this fire in your life. But I want to say this. If you're going to keep this fire, we, there are some things that we've got to do to not let this fire go out. You see, in these scriptures, I see the importance of looking into our life and seeing, is there a fire in my soul? Is there a passion? Is there zeal for God in my soul? Because I, I, I've, been, I've been in church for a long time, and, and I'm just going to be honest, my fire has went out multiple times. I've seen fires go out in people that I thought would never go out in people, and they are not in church to this day. I've seen people that were so on fire for God, making a difference for God, and I looked up to them and thought, man, they, they're making a difference. They're going to make a difference, and they're, they're going to be like Paul, and, and, and they're, they're going to be like Peter, and these are the people that I, I would see growing up, and, 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 and their fire just went out. 
I, I've seen it. I may, I, I've seen it happen when, when people come to God, they surrender to God, they're filled with the Holy Spirit, they go through freedom, they go through life groups, they're serving on the dream team, and before they know it, then every once in a while, some, their, their fire just goes out, and weeks, months, years, what, whatever, and, and, and maybe that, but that, that fire burns out, and, and I hope you are not ever going to burn out, but there, I've seen it, I've seen it, let's just be real. And I've been there as well. Soul burnout. I've been there. Have you been there? Just be honest tonight. Don't raise your hand there, but are, are you there tonight? Is your soul burnt out? It, what, what's your soul look like? So that's what I want to talk about tonight is, is how, how do we maintain this fire? How do we maintain this zeal, this passion how do, how do we maintain this and that's what i want to talk to you a little bit about and and i want you to understand before i go any farther i want you to understand this that the fire is it started by god you didn't have to do anything to start this fire when you look in the old testament they would create the, now we have to prepare the way for the lord we have to prepare our hearts we have to surrender and then all of a sudden we had to make this way possible in this fire all it, we didn't do anything to start it it just it was started by god you see it in the old testament they would create the altars they would do all this stuff and then they would pray and all of a sudden whoosh, fire fell from heaven you see it in the New Testament in Acts that, that, that they were just in there, they were praying and all of a sudden fire, it looked like cloven tongues fell on each of them and a wind that come through and there, there was a fire in their soul. And, and this is the thing, they didn't have to do anything but prepare themselves and say, hey, here am I, Lord, I, I want to be a living sacrifice. And all of a sudden, boom, there's fire in their life. We don't have to do anything to start the fire. You didn't start the fire, God started the fire. God started the fire. In fact, it, I, I've, I've, I've heard and I, I read in the scripture that, that there were some people that started their own fire. Nate, Nadab and Abihu, that was Aaron's sons, they, they, they were like, hey, we can do this on our own. And they started their own fire on the altar and God struck them down and they died. We've got to realize that we didn't, we didn't start the fire. Pastor Billy Joel, I'm sorry, little Tim, I should have got you to sing that. I mean, you're like Billy Joel right back there. But we got to understand that God starts the fire, but it's up to us to maintain the fire. It's up to us. If the fire goes out, it's not God's fault. If the fire goes out in your life, it's not God's fault. It's up to us personally it's not pastor keating's fault if your fire goes out it's not your husband your wife your parents it's, it's not their fault it, we, we've got to take it personally that if the fire goes out it, it is really up to us to maintain the fire in the old testament in the new testament they had to maintain the fire they had to maintain the altar they had to maintain the fire it's our responsibility to maintain the fire in our soul to tend it, or the fire will go out. So what I want to talk about tonight is how, how are we going to maintain this? How are we going to tend this fire? How are we going to take care of it? 
And, and you see, there's, there's multiple ways that you can do this. There's multiple ways to maintain the fire, to tend the fire. And, and I had to realize, man, I, I'm, I'm talking to the Wednesday night crowd. I'm, I'm talking to the ones that are maintaining the fire, that are keeping the fire burning. And, 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 and we know there's, there's a lot of ways to keep the fire going. I mean, it, it, and if you don't know, there are some ways here I'll share with you. But I want to talk about the main way that really keeps us from soul burnout. You see, there's, there's ways that we do it. It's, it's reading God's Word. It's studying it. It's not just reading it, but it's applying the Word and putting it in your life. It's reading His Word. It's meditating on it. It's studying it. It's, it's reading it. It's speaking God's Word. And it's living God's Word to, stick, to keep the fire going. It's, it's praying continually. It's, it's spending time with God. It's thanking God continually. It's fasting. It's doing devotions. It's attending church. It's getting into life groups. It's, it's getting on a dream team. And, and, and we could talk a lot. We could do weeks and weeks about how important these things are. But I think you know that. I think you know that. And if you're not doing those things, those are ways that we can maintain the fire, that we can keep the fire burning. These are all needed to maintain our soul on fire. But God has really laid something on my heart that, that so many Christians are missing out on. So many Christians are missing out on this part, that it keeps the fire burning. What, what keeps the spiritual zeal? What keeps our soul burning, Brandon? What, what keeps our fire? What keeps us from soul burnout? And these things are very important, reading God's Word, praying, don't, don't miss out. I'm not saying those are not important. Those are important, but I think you got that. But there is something else that God Himself has taught from the beginning of time. That He Himself used when He was creating the earth when he was creating everything in existence, when he was creating the planets, he spent six days working, 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 creating, breathing into existence, throwing the earth, throwing the galaxies, doing this, keeping the atmosphere, creating birds, creating everything that there is in the six days. Jesus Christ himself, when he came onto this earth, he also taught this lesson time after time after time. All throughout the Bible, you're going to see what I'm fixing to talk about. You're going to see this lesson used from Genesis all the way to Revelation. How do we not let our soul burn out? And I really want to speak to the Christians in 2023 tonight about soul care about how do we keep our soul on fire. And we find this in Mark chapter 6, verse 30 through 31. The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him and all they had done and taught. They were busy, people. They were doing some stuff. I mean, they were following Jesus. They were teaching, miracles happening. They were learning. They were teaching. They were doing, I mean, it was happening. And then because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat. I would not have been that disciple. I'd have had a little Debbie up in there. Oatmeal, cream pie, double stuff. And I would have shared it with everybody because Jesus would have, it wouldn't have been the five loaves and two fishes. It would have been the ten little Debbies that he used. <laughs> then because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, he said to them, Jesus says to them, 
in one of the busiest moments of their ministry, he says these words. He says, hey, guys, come with me by yourself to a quiet place and get some rest. Oh, I needed that. Oh, I needed that. The disciples were busy. Jesus was busy. They were, they were all busy, but Jesus stops and says, Hey, guys, stop and rest. Come with me. Let's take a time out over here. Stop what you're doing, and let's go over here and rest. God himself spent six days working. Do you think God got tired? I don't really think he got tired. He just wanted us to learn a lesson that on the seventh day we need to rest every once in a while. Did it... And if our souls are important and our souls are supposed to be on fire and we're supposed to keep this soul on fire and not burn out, what are we supposed to do? One of the major things that we're taught from the beginning of time, from God himself in creation, all the way through the Old Testament to Jesus teaching through his disciples, through his ministry and all his disciples teaching, one of the major things that keep your soul not from burning out is resting, is taking some time. Now, I'm preaching to myself right now. But he says, come with me by yourself to a quiet place and get some rest. And, and I really feel that the gospel of Mark is, is written for us in 2023. For you students, God, the, read Mark. It's, it, it, it's written, written for us in 2023 because we live in a busy society. Mark is written for us. When, when you read through it, and when you read through Mark, you're, you're going to see this word. I think there's 16, I think there's 16 chapters in Mark. And over, almost 40 times, there's one word that pops up time after time after time. And it's this word, immediately. Immediately, Jesus did this. Immediately, the disciples did that. Immediately, the disciples here. Immediately, immediately, immediately. And we live in an immediately culture, right? We, we live immediately, we got up. Immediately, we went to work. Immediately, we had to brush our teeth. Immediately, we got to church. Immediately, we did this. You know, and, and, and we live in an immediately cu culture. I mean, it, it's where we live in today. And I feel that Mark was written for us. I mean, it was, and if you look at Jesus and the disciples, they were immediately going from one thing to the next to the next we work we raise kids we clean we go to school we go to camp we we coach we serve we do this we do that and and what I feel that what God is wanting to say it to us in 2023 in this series tonight in this part of the series tonight is hey Parkway hey Christian hey student hey adult come away with me and to a quiet place and get some rest because I feel like we're missing out. And that's where our soul, if, our, if we're going to continue to, like, like Paul told Timothy, if we're going to continue to fan the flame, one of the ways we fan the flame is we, we got to pull away and we got to rest. We got to rest our soul. We got to rest our body. We got to rest our mind. You see, th there's three things that I think that would have happened to the disciples if Jesus wouldn't have said, hey, time out, let's go away. Okay, the first thing I think that would have happened is that they probably would have just died from exhaustion. It was morning to night. It was every day. It was all day long just doing things. Jesus, and, and this is the thing. I think even if they would have died from exhaustion, Jesus could have raised them from the dead. 
But he wasn't. He's like, no, 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 no. We're, we're going to teach you the important lesson in ministry. We're going to teach you the important thing, lesson in life is, is, is you've got to rest now. The, the second thing is this, is that if Jesus wouldn't pull them aside every once in a while, I really feel that all 12 would have probably just quit on Jesus. Three and a half years of nonstop ministry, day to dark. I mean, it's not like they just had to go to church and they were on the dream team here. They were moving all across the entire continent that they were on. They were picking up their tents. They were moving them. They were setting up their tents all day long. They were teaching. They were learning. They were doing miracles. I mean, let's be real, people. We'd go to one church service, two church services, some of us on Sunday, and after that second service, I'm about to die. I'm like, oh, and they're, they're doing this all the time. That's why I think if, if Jesus wouldn't have told them this, I, I really think that they would have quit following Jesus. And the third thing is this, is I think that they would have become addicted to their work. I think that if they wouldn't have stopped every once in a while to refocus their mind, to refocus their soul, to refocus what everything's about, I think that they would have got addicted to what was going on and thinking, hey, this is awesome, we're, you know, and just continued on. I mean, that, that's a possibility also. Now, we're not traveling the world, following Jesus around, you know, picking up tents, getting in the boats, going from one side to the other. You know, we're not doing all that, but we are busy people, right? We're busy people. We're busy. In, in this room, we've got single parents. We've got parents of teenagers. We've got parents of young children. We've got parents of old children. Some of you are parents of all three of those. I mean, you know, uh, we, we've got siblings. We've got students. We've got college students fixing to go back to school. We've got, we've got business owners. We've got employees. I mean, you, you name it, there's all kind of people. You've got you, stay-at-home stay moms are the hardest-working people out there. Some of you are here tonight. I mean, you're busy all day long, you know. I I mean, whatever you're doing, uh, you know, there's pastors, there's dream team members. We, we've got people, we're just a busy society. We're a busy society, and, and we've got people that get tired. Has there ever been a day in your life where you were so busy that you missed breakfast and lunch? Today, today, you're in the right place. <laughs> That's where these disciples were, and I feel like that's where some of us in this room are. We're just continually busy, nonstop. We get exhausted. We get tired. We go on from one thing to another, then another thing. And I mean, I remember about 15 years ago, my statement in life was, I'll sleep when I'm dead. <laughs> and I was almost there one time. But, but, but that's what we may say when we, we, we burn out in life, we burn out physically, we burn out emotionally, and we burn out spiritually, and it's time for us to realize that we need soul care, we need physical care, we need emotional care, we need soul care. And Jesus is telling these disciples in Mark 6, but he's also telling us in July, almost August of 2023, he's saying, hey, come away with me. Stop what you're doing every once in a while. Take some time. Refocus yourself. Refocus your mind. Refocus your soul. And, and people will say this, like I would have said this 15 years ago to myself right here on this, alt, on this platform saying, but I can't, Brandon. I'm busy. I got so much to do. I know. I know. I know. I know. I've been there. 
Do you think Jesus was busy? Do you, do you think Jesus was busy? I mean, it actually says that the, the crowd followed them everywhere that they go. In fact, in this story in Mark 6, he's fixing to feed the 5,000 in the next story. The people left the place that they were in, and they went ahead to where they were going, and it was on the way Jesus was like, we got to get away here. we got to stop. And I mean, it was, it was from place to place, and, and, and they would run ahead of them. It was every day, all day, teaching, doing, moving, getting into, and Jesus says, Hey, guys, time out. Stop. Come away with me. Let's get some rest. Did Jesus need rest? I, I, I say yes, but he, he didn't probably, I mean, he's Jesus, right? But yeah, he needed rest. Did the, let me ask you this. Did, did the job slow down? Did saving the world slow down? <laughs> no. It was still there. He knew it. He had already been there, right? Jesus is omnipotent. I mean, he, he's omniscient. He's omnipotent. He, he, he's here today. I mean, he, he knows tomorrow. You know, he knew what was going to happen, all, all these different things. But, it, it, but Jesus stopped. And, and, and this is us today. I, I'll slow down when, when the work slows down. I'll slow down when the kids get a little older. I'll slow down when my bank account gets settled. I'll slow down when, when, when I'll, slow, I'll slow down. I, I will, I will, I promise. I will slow down when it all calms down. And here's the reality. It doesn't slow down. It doesn't. It doesn't slow down. I mean, there's always going to be something we can find to do, right? There's always going to be an email that pops up. There's always going to be a text. There's always going to be a call. There's always going to be a meeting. There's always going to be this. There's always, you can find stuff to do everywhere you, you look. I mean, there's, there's always going to be something on the list. There's going to be kids to raise. There's going to be parents to take care of. I mean, there, there's, there's going to be all these different things that, that there's going to be meetings to do. And Jesus is teaching his disciples because he's busy too. There are things to do. Saving the world was a big job. And he's teaching his disciples and us an important lesson here that, that we've got to stop every once in a while. We've got to stop. We've got to stop. He says, come away with me to a quiet place and get some rest. Well, well, Brandon, how often do we need to stop? How long do we need to stop? Now, how long do we need to stop? It's not specific in the Bible, okay? But it does say that every seventh day there should be a time of rest in our life. Sometime of, that doesn't exactly mean just stop what you're doing. I mean, it, it means to stop and find something to refocus your life on. Get something that instead of pouring out, something that pours into you, that gives you rest. It may be going to the lake. It may be going to the beach. It's going to church for sure. Don't skip out on that. That's something that feeds you. But, but there are things that we've got to do to get some rest. And what the Bible, and, and really this is the thing. I, I don't think he's actually saying, hey, you better do this on the seventh day or you're going to go to hell. I don't think that's what he's saying. He's trying to get a routine in our life saying, hey, if God needed rest, we need rest too. So I'm not here to say, hey, and put guilt on you because I, in this message, I'd be the most guiltiest one. 
But what I'm trying to say here, God's trying to get a routine in our life that says, hey, you're going to work, you're going to do things, but every once in a while, stop and slow down. Feel the gauges, fill yourself up, fill the tank back up, rest. Renew your mind, renew your soul, renew your heart, or you're going to burn out. We got to slow down. We got to stop. We got to stop every once in a while and take a break. This is what I get from the scripture in Mark. And if you're taking notes, I, I want to give you three things that I see here that Jesus is telling his, his disciples. He's, the first thing is this, is, is that we should eliminate hurry from our lives. We should eliminate hurry. Man, I'm telling you, we, we got to hurry to get here, to there, to there. But we, we've got to eliminate hurry because hurry brings anxiety. Hurry brings fear. Hurry doesn't bring anything healthy to us. We've got to get from one place to the other, right? We've got to do one thing. We've got to do the rest. But we've got to slow down. We, we, I mean, Jesus needed to hurry to feed the 5,000. Jesus needed to hurry to raise Lazarus. They came to Jesus. They said, hey, your friend Lazarus is sick and he may die. Jesus is like, I'll be there in three days. Your friend here. I mean, he's going to die in three hours. Jesus like, I'll be there in three days. You, you don't see Jesus ever hurrying. Was he busy? He was very busy. But was he hurrying? No. That he was like going from one place to the other. He had something in mind. He had a place to be. But sometimes they would go this way, the long way, because, hey, there may be something to do over here. We're not in a hurry. We're just going to take it as it goes. We're going to get there. We should eliminate hurry from our lives. Jesus, I need you now. I, I know. I'll be there when you I know what you need more than you know what you need. But Jesus is teaching us. We got to eliminate hurry from our life. We got to slow down. We got to see the world around us. We need to see what's going on in our life. We need to see our kids growing up. We need to see our, our, our wife had, and, and our husband. We need to see the good things and instead of hurrying. If we're hurrying from place to place, we are missing all the blessings that God is wanting to show us throughout our day. If we're hurrying, we got to slow down. We need to eliminate hurry from our life. Over and over, Jesus was busy, but he was never in a hurry. And listen to this, he was able to complete everything that he was supposed to do. Everything. What was he supposed to do? He was supposed to save the world. Now, I don't know about you, <laughs> but your list of things to do is not important, more important than Jesus' list to do. My list is not anything compared to Jesus. So if you think, hey, I've got to hurry here, I've got to hurry here, Jesus should have been hurrying. He, just think of what else he could have done in three and a half years. But he was like, no, 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 no. It'll happen. It'll get there. He eliminated hurry, and he saved the world and stuff. Saved your soul. But we've got to eliminate hurry. And Jesus is trying to teach them, hey, disciples, this is not a race. If it's a race, you're going to burn out. You're going to get winded quickly. He's trying to tell them this is a marathon. And we will win this marathon if we rest along the way. We've got to be sustainable over time. We've got to live our life sustained. And I'm telling you, if, if, I'm telling you, in the, in the last six weeks, I've 
I had hip replacement surgery. I don't know if you know me well, okay, but I know me well. And I am not a sit-around-and-wait type of guy. I'm even a little worse of a sit-down-and-wait type of guy than your pastor is. <laughs> I don't like to wait. I, I wanted to be back to walking in, in like two days and get back to firefighting, get back to work. Get back to the job. Get back out there. You know, I, 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 and I'm telling you what, in the last five to six weeks, I've been the mopiest person, just the most miserable person, just sitting around going, I just want to get out there and do. I wanna... Sorry, just soapbox for a moment. But I was, I was with, I was at physical therapy the other day. And if, if I haven't learned anything this, during this time, this is what I've learned. I told my physical therapy, therapist, said, can we hurry this up? Can, we, can you push me a little harder? Can you give me three steps to climb instead of one? I mean, I'm tired of just stepping on the one. I want to go three steps. I want to go 100 steps. He said, Brandon, I, I, this is what I told him. I said, I just want to get off of this cane. I want to walk. And he said, Brandon, if you let go of your cane right now, he said, you would live with a limp. It takes time for the muscles to grow back. It takes time for you to strengthen these muscles around the hip. And six weeks later, I'm almost off of this cane because I've been working hard and doing my best, but my physical therapist has constantly held me back with the reins because he said, I don't want you to limp for your life. And when we get in a hurry in our life and go from place to place to place and from here to there and do this and that without stopping every once in a while to slow down and refocus and renew, sometimes our souls are going to be a limp. Sometimes our life are going to limp. And I see so many people, and I'm talking about from anybody on a pew to people on the platform in churches worldwide, pastors and people in churches today, and their souls are limping around because they are not stopping to sit back and say, listening to Jesus saying, hey, come with me, take a rest, let's go over here, slow down and take a breather for a little bit. And their soul, their physical ability, their emotional side of their life and their their spiritual side of their life is limping along through their life because they're not stopping and I'm going to tell you three years ago I've shared this story with you before I got so busy in 2020 that I was limping spiritually that I had to go to my pastor and say hey I need to take a break and I sat back and I studied and read God's word I sat on the pew I didn't do anything until Brandon was healed and back to going again and I got rid of my limp because at the time I was living with a spiritual cane but guess what I was renewed I stopped and I was not limping and how many of us are living with a limp in our soul and our mind second thing is this is I get from Mark chapter 6 and I've got to hurry is, is that we should embrace the gift of our limits we, we should embrace the, the gift of our limits. When Jesus pulls his disciples aside, I, I believe he is showing them this. He's like telling them, you're limited. You're limited physically. 
You're limited emotionally, and you're limited spiritually. You cannot handle this. You can't do it all. you got to take a break, or you're going to burn out. Your emotions are limited. You're like, well, I'm the happiest person of all time. Well, guess what? Your joy is limited to a certain degree if you don't take care of that joy. Your peace is limited if you don't take care of that peace. It, you, everything that we have, your physical ability, you can only run so long. Right now, I can't run from here to that little speaker <laughs> because I'm limited. And Jesus says, we, we've got to embrace that. And see, hey, we are not God. We, we are not omniscient. We are limited. We're limited emotionally, physically, spiritually. And if we don't take care of ourselves, limits, they're, they're gonna, we're going to hit the boundaries. You, you see gauges. I, I work in a refinery. All, all those towers, everything out there, they've got gauges. And, and, and those gauges, if they go too high, they, they start venting off things and, and things, and it starts going bad. And there, there's gauges there. If your car, if it starts to overheat, that gauge starts overheating. It's, it's, a, it's a bad thing. Why? Because your car is limited to a certain degree. We are limited. And we've got to embrace that. And we've got to say we're not superheroes. We, we're not Superman. We're not Jesus Christ. Even Jesus Christ said, hey, I'm going to go take a break. He even rested before he went to the cross. So we got to understand, we got to embrace the gift of our limits. We got to embrace that. And, and this is why, because our refusal to embrace our limits sets us on the fast track to burnout. Soul burnout, physical burnout, emotional burnout. We've got limits. We've got limits. We've got limits, and we've got to embrace that. And we've got to realize when we've hit our limit that we've got to stop. We've got to hit our limit. If we, if we don't, if you don't hit your limit, if you hit your limit in your marriage responsibilities, if you hit that limit, it's going to blow up. If you hit that on your job, it's going to go bad. I mean, you, you're going to hit your limit, and it, it's, it's not going to take care of itself after there. And we've got to stop and say, hey, I, I, I just got to take a break here. We, we've got to embrace our limits. And the last thing is this, is this, is that the last, and I would say this out of Mark 6, this, this is huge because we must enjoy the loving presence of Jesus. That's why Jesus told him, he said, hey, come, come over with me. I, I'm going over here, I'm going to take a break, but, but I want you to come away with me. And I want you to get some rest, but... I want you to be over here with me. And we've got to enjoy the loving presence of Jesus. There is nothing more renewing than the presence of Jesus. And we've got to enjoy that loving presence of Jesus. Nothing can fill you up like that can. We've got to create space. That's what we do on Sunday. That's what you're doing tonight. You're creating a space. Not to pour out, but to be poured into. You're creating space right now. When, when we're hearing worship song, when I'm speaking to you right now, I, I can feel the presence of God in this room. When you open your Bible, you're, 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 you're enjoying the loving presence of God. That's what we're doing, and we've got to create space. We've got to create space. And, and, and if you would stand with me, I want to close.
Musicians, you don't even have to come. When I was younger, I had the attitude that I can go without stopping. And it worked because I was young for a long time. And I hit a point in my life one time when my kids were young and I was just physically tired, emotionally tired, spiritually tired. And I was burnt out, man. My, my, my soul was not on fire. I mean, on Sunday, I was worshiping God. But my soul was just like, I felt like, like David, like I was in a dry and weary land where no water was. And, and I remember talking to a gentleman one time, and he said, Brandon, this is the issue. Because I, I, at the time, I was, a, I was a parent to three young children. I was a husband. I was a firefighter in Orange working 24-7. I was working actually three jobs at the time because I had three kids. And I was a firefighter in those days. And I was a youth pastor here at Parkway. And I was just, I was going. But I realized I was spiritually just and emotionally drained and burnt out. And I talked to a gentleman one time, and he, he told me this, and they're going to put this on the screen. He said, Brandon, what you're doing is that you're living your life like you're a pipe. A pipe. He said, you're being poured into one end and you're pouring out the other and you're not retaining. You're not holding. He said, what Christians are taught to be is not a pipe, but a bowl. He says, because a pipe is going to pour in one and it's going to empty. And it's going to be poured out. You can pour out as long as you're being poured into. He says, but Christians, what they need to be is they need to be a bowl. He says, because what a bowl does is the water pours into the bowl. It may be empty, but as you pour into it, it will eventually fill up. A pipe will never fill up. A pipe will continually pour out because it's not stopping, it's not taking the time. But we need to be a bowl. We need to be poured into. And then as we're being poured into, we will fill up and we will overflow. And what we do when we overflow is we pour into others. But we can't pour into others if we're not filled up ourselves. So what I want to tell you today is You on fire. Yeah, reading the word, important. Praying to God, attending church, all these things. So many things important. But we can't miss out on what God's been teaching us from Genesis 1. And he says, hey, yeah, work, do your best, give it all you got. But every once in a while, just sit back and rest. I want to pray for you today. God, you know the hearts and souls in this room. 
God, you know every one of us. God, you know what's in our life. You know what's in our heart. You know what's in our soul. God, I encourage us, encourage us to be able to listen to your word and realize that we've got to rest our soul. We've got to rest our mind. We've got to rest our emotions. We've got to rest our bodies. Or God, we will burn out. We've got to be able to be sustained. We've got to be able to be filled, God. I want to be a bowl, God. I want you to fill my life with your spirit. And I want it not to just feel it, God, but I, I want you to continually pour things into my life and into this church, God, that will fill this church, God, and just begin to overflow in our life, God, because we are living, God, according to your word. And God, do what only you can do in our life. If you needed rest, we need rest. God, I want my soul to be on fire for you. I don't want to burn out. I don't want to quit. I don't want to God, be one of those that just burns out and just fades away. I want to be on fire. This church needs to be on fire. God, do your will in our life. It's in Jesus' name we pray. May you be blessed. May you have a good week. Do what you can do. Go change the world. But at the same time, get you some rest. Have a blessed week. We'll see you on Sunday. God bless you.